Welcome to the Soul Forge, a place of silent mystery, quiet contemplation, and outright mayhem. Join your host, Sean Vanderloo, as he guides you through the adventures of living. Together, we'll talk about life and love, sex and dating, joy and heartache, memories and loss, and so much more. Don't worry, it's not nearly as pretentious as it sounds. Get ready for life, the universe, and everything on The Soul Forge. Hello, and welcome to episode 41 of The Soul Forge podcast with Sean Vanderloo. Today we have a special treat for all you listeners. I had the opportunity to speak with financial guru Kne Corder, and my good fortune is now your good fortune. I am going to share with you the conversation that we had. I got a great deal out of it, and I think you all will as well. I'm not going to ramble on much at the beginning of the episode here. I'm going to jump straight in to the conversation that we had. And once that's over with, I'll come back at the end of the podcast and wrap it all up. So here it goes. Incoming transmission. Now I am joined by Kene Corder. She is the CEO of Presidential Lifestyle, which is a financial wellness company focused on wealth in all of its forms. And she's also a member of the Financial Therapy Association. And aren't you also a psychotherapist? Yes, I am a psychotherapist that specializes in brain-based financial therapy. Brain-based financial therapy. That sounds high tech. <laughs> it does sound really nerdy and even kind of painful. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not, I'm guessing. No, it's not. And, and believe it or not, it's actually kind of fun. As nerdy as it sounds, once people get into it, they're always just like, oh my gosh, this is so, so much easier than I thought it was going to be. And, and just looking through your resume, uh, you've done quite a few things. You, uh, you were featured by Oprah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my life, it, I, I call myself like, like the female Forrest Gump. Because okay. I don't know if you saw the movie or read the book, but he would just like end up in these places. Like he'd end up in the White House or he'd like randomly end up someplace. And so I'm kind of like that. I'm I'm, I'm always doing something like I'm busy all the time, like a super productive person. So I end up running into opportunities. So kind of like Forrest Gump, just from being in the right place at the right time, I end up capitalizing on some really great opportunities. Well, I was, uh, it started with me doing Extreme Makeover and I kind of accidentally got on a show that was on ABC called Extreme Makeover. This is Extreme Makeover. And from there, I ended up on the Oprah show. So that's kind of how that happened. But just that one experience of accidentally being on the Extreme Makeover show, I end up like accidentally running, getting to meet um, Alanis Morissette. Oh, geez. Uh, that's my, she's my favorite. <laughs> is she? Oh, yeah. I know, right? So she saw my show and then she was like, oh, that's, that's the girl from Extreme Makeover. Um, do you think she'll meet me? Can you introduce me to her? And my, this was at the, we both had the same dentist. Isn't it ironic? So my dentist was like, yeah, she'll meet you, of course. Wow. <laughs> he comes out and he's like, um, Alanis Morissette wants to meet you. Are you okay with that? I'm like, yeah. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> 
yellow meter. <laughs> yeah, so just random stuff like that would happen to me uh, at this time. This was a long time ago, actually. And the practice, I don't know if you remember that television show. Yeah was out and the cat I got to meet like the cast of the practice because my show was on ABC and their show was on ABC and so they were like wait a minute that's the girl from Extreme Makeover and they like all wanted to meet me so I came like this like celebrity over really overnight accidentally really her warmth and wit have made her a favorite just because I was on that show and this was before reality tv was big i think maybe the real world and and american idol might have been the only two ones or big brother there were a couple out but it wasn't as big so people were really excited about meeting a especially somebody who had reconstructive surgery on national television which is what you did yeah exactly wow that's who incredible. Does that? again forrest gump <laughs> yeah no kidding that's that's incredible Wow. Yeah. So I have like this really ex like extremely flexible life. And from there, like this entertainment career that I had for a couple of years, um, a friend of mine said, um, why don't you go and get your real estate license and mortgage broker license since you're really smart and um, help me open a company? And I was like, okay. Because <laughs> that's how influential <laughs> I'm so easily influenced. <laughs> sure. Why not? <laughs> Right. So I go and I lived in California at the time. And in California, you take one test and you get a mortgage license and a real estate broker's license at the same time. I don't know if it's still like that. But um, so I did that and we opened a mortgage company and a real estate company. And then we started a credit repair company because people needed that. And then after people bought real estate, they were like, well, what's next? And we're like, oh, I don't know. And so I got insurance license because when people buy a house, they, they need insurance. Well, sure. I got property and casualty and life and health. I didn't really like selling health insurance, but I loved selling life insurance. And, and then life insurance can kind of be like a um, multitasking kind of product where you you're sort of investing, you know, for the future or saving for the future in your life insurance. So I got interested in that. And then people were like, well, what else? And I'm like, oh, maybe, uh, maybe we, I can get a license and you know, I can sell you stocks and bonds and mutual funds. And so <laughs> I went on to do that. But after a while, I started to notice that people, you know, they're not, they don't execute on their plans. Now you might've experienced this in your, your life, or maybe, you know, people who do this, like they always say, like, I know what I need to do. I know what I need to do, but then they don't actually do it. Oh, right? yeah. oh I, I'm <laughs> very familiar with that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So like people, like I have a friend and she, um, she got sick. She got really sick. She had a heart attack actually. Oh. Yeah. And so the doctors are telling her like what she needs to do next. And now that she's had this heart attack to take care of her, she comes home and she's like, no, Kane, I know what I need to do. I just can't bring myself to do it. Even for her health. Even for her health. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And that's major, the heart, right? Uh, I, I think that's one of the most important things you have. Yeah. Right. The brain, the heart, these, <laughs> these were the biggest organs. Uh-huh. <laughs> so what so what happened to her? So she's still here. She's oh, um um doing better, mm -hmm. but still not grasping um onto what she needs to do. Um, which is how I became a therapist because I'm like, how how can I help? Like how can I help people stop getting stuck? You know, and 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 and, and being stuck is painful. Oh yes. 
Yeah, especially with someone like my friend who felt powerless. She's like, I just don't, I just can't bring myself to do it. Like I can't. And as 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 easy as eat right and exercise sounds, <laughs> it's harder to do if you are not in that mindset. Right. Exactly. And so you so, help people get into the mindset. Yep. Mm -hmm. ah. So the the brain is fascinating to me, and in a nerdy kind of way, but actually in a really simple kind of way. And when I'm talking to children, I sometimes explain it like this. So you have a top brain, which is like the thinking brain, the rational brain, and a middle brain, which is like the emotional brain. And the emotional brain um, is always playing this like jukebox or CD, just songs always playing on the emotional brain. And they're from the past. And then you have the bottom brain, which is all that involuntary stuff like circulation and digestion and breathing um, and blinking your eyes. And so you know how your eyes blink involuntarily, but if you wanted to, you could blink your eyes right. voluntarily. And kind of breathing is that same way. If you wanted to hold your breath, you could, but you don't like, you don't even think in your breathing, right? No, it's just automatic. Yeah, exactly. But if you wanted to hold your breath or if you wanted to, you know, pant, you could, you can do that. And so I call that regulation. So you don't control your breath, but you can regulate it if you uh, want to. Okay. So we have to gain some regulation over our brain. That middle brain that's playing that CD or that jukebox. I like to call it jukebox, but sometimes when I'm talking to kids, they don't even know what a jukebox is. Oh, I, I bet they don't. <laughs> right. They're like, what? <laughs> Soon they're not going to know what a CD is either. I know, right? <laughs> oh, that's not. Oh, so before I use this analogy, I used to say you could turn it up, you know, like a knob on a stereo. And yeah. I was like, wait a minute, they don't even know what a stereo is. There's no stereo. They don't even know what a knob is. There are barely any knobs anymore. There, you know what? There, there really isn't. <laughs> it's true. So, so when I'm explaining it now, it's like I have to like think of technology, new technological ways to explain this. But um, So it's kind of like you can regulate your emotions, but you first have to go back to the thing that created it. So we, and I, in therapy, we call it trauma. So trauma, a traumatic experience. And when I say traumatic experience, I mean everything from your house burning down to like one of your past episodes, your brother being trapped in the car. Right. Like that is a traumatic experience. It seems simple and, you know, not that big a deal. And sure, he can function in life, but his brain sees that as trauma. Okay. I, I can see how that goes. Yeah. yeah. And you know how when we were, cave men and cave women when we heard a sound like a twig breaking or a rock falling we said that must be a saber-toothed tiger let me fight flight or freeze well there's one more a peas now peas probably didn't come until later when there was like kings and queens and the gesture was like trying to please don't kill me king i'm entertaining you know <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That would evolve over time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so it just started out as fight or flight. And you're not going to fight a saber-toothed tiger, right? Uh, not, not very well, at least. <laughs> at least. Not and win. No. <laughs> so most of the time we flight. We're like, I'm out of here. Uh, right? yeah. mm -hmm. um, or maybe we freeze. We just get stuck. And we're just like, I won't do anything. And that's kind of like my friend who 
said, I just can't bring myself to do it. She's in that freeze mode. Mm, okay. Because obviously a heart attack is life threatening, just like a saber tooth tiger. Yes. But she's just like, I can't fight the heart attack. I just stuck. I'm stuck in freeze mode. Uh, okay. It's like, uh, yeah, almost like being paralyzed with fear, mm-hmm. just not knowing what to do, which, which yes. direction to take. Okay. And, exactly. And this is something that you help people with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This happens in so many different places, but I specifically like to help people with this in finances because especially couples, especially couples, because two people coming together with two different money mentalities, you know, two different money histories. Um, usually there's going to be some clashing. Uh, yeah, you're right. Actually, mm-hmm. <laughs> big time. I've experienced that. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and, and both think they're right because my parents told me or my grandparents told me, or, you know, just society has told me that this is the way that it's supposed to go and you're wrong and I'm right. Right. Mm-hmm. And mainly that's just our brains, our middle, that CD, that middle brain, that jukebox playing, saying this is the way it's done and you have to tell the jukebox to change the song so the reason why i like to use the jukebox is because the jukebox plays some music just all the time whatever's in the jukebox right mm-hmm. but you can specifically tell the jukebox play selection 13 25 and it'll play that hopefully some calm peaceful music <laughs> <laughs> yes right yeah. and so you do that when you're in that position where you have to take on somebody else's idea because all of that music playing that's all your stuff but you've got to be open to this new idea that's coming in and when you're especially when you're in a partnership whether it's you know a marriage or a business you've got to be open and um, flexible enough to get this new information right and it's not always easy because people have their own preconceived ways of doing things yep Exactly. And that's where you come in. Yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Do you like movies? Do you like TV? Do you like discussing the temporal effects of nonlinear time travel and its implication on the plot of the movie Looper? Uh, okay. Do you enjoy the latest in pop culture news? Do you enjoy superheroes? Do you enjoy discussing the relative merits of superpowers and their effects on human physiology? Anyways, if you enjoy these things, even a small amount, you'll love the Rusted Robot Podcast. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, YouTube, and make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Subscribe so you never miss an episode. TheRustedRobot.Podbean.com Yeah, so we sit down and usually if, usually they'll, they'll have a reason why they're, why they're coming in, like there's a pain point, mm-hmm. like we keep arguing over money or... I might need to get divorced and I need to get prepared and I don't know much about the finances and I'm scared, right? Or my spouse just passed away and left me, you know, this with this insurance policy of $500,000 and I don't know what to do with it. I'm scared and I'm nervous and, you know, so there's different reasons why people will come. But the number one reason is because they keep making the same mistakes. Uh Yes. Okay. And that's like the CD playing over and over again. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. I see. And you might have heard what Einstein said, the definition of insanity. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting exactly. different results. Yes. Yeah. But the brain obviously didn't hear that 
So <laughs> the brain sees familiar as good and unfamiliar as bad. Right. So we get stuck. Yep, exactly. It's like, no, keep doing the same thing you've been doing because that is keeping you alive. But, <sighs> yeah. Okay. And this is all stuff that you would have learned in your training and then you bring it into your counseling sessions. Mm-hmm, exactly. Okay. And some of it I just learned in through trial and error. And because I've gone through a lot of training, I'm a, a psychotherapist, so I have a master's in clinical mental health counseling. And, and I also am a trained hypnotherapist. Oh, really? Wow. Mm-hmm, yeah. But some of it I learned by just watching so many clients fail at reaching their goals. Like they say they want something. And then you put this plan in front of them and then they completely and totally ignore it. Okay. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's difficult to help people. It can even, be. Yeah. Even, even if they come to you. Yeah, it can be um, because there's still human resistance and the brain is um, powerful. Right. And so I do, I definitely use the brain based um, hypnotherapy or financial therapy to get people out of that CD, get them out of that jukebox. Because if you stay in it, then you, you just won't, it doesn't work really well. So well, the way that I do that is there are three kind of people in the world. Only three. Well. Or at least. In, in my theory. In, in your, okay. Yes. <laughs> Tell me about the three kinds. Okay. <laughs> so there are head people, there are heart people, and there are gut people. And head people are your thinkers. And they think, 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 they think, and then they think about what they thought about, and then they, yeah, and then, yeah, there's a lot of thinking going on. Not, and they not analyze, <laughs> right, not a lot of action. Heart people feel, they feel everything they want, you know, they want to tell you about it, and they want to know how you feel. They're all about feeling, and a lot about pleasure, so they want to do what feels good. Gut people are like action, not a lot of thinking. They're just the opposite of the head person. Okay. It's like go and correct on the way, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So I first figure out whether they fall into the head, the heart, or the gut. And based on that, we kind of design a plan. So head people are going to want to think their way out of a situation. I think that might be the category where I fall into Okay. Okay. So we start there because the easiest way to get somebody to change a habit is to accept the habit that they have. So we start there and I say, oh, okay. So if we're going to think this through, what would the plan be? If you were going to end up in this place, like you're going to leave here and end up in this place, what would you do to end up there? And then we come up with that plan, right? We create the solution. And what I then second do, I ask you to commit to one thing. Is it okay to be okay, even though this plan might not be okay? Like, it might not be the perfect plan. So is it okay to be okay, even though this plan might not be okay? Oh, wow. Okay, that's confusing. (laughs) (laughs) So think about that. Is it okay to be okay? Okay. (laughs) And really, it's just, no is the real answer, right? No, I don't feel comfortable being okay with it. But because there's, this is time for change, normally clients will say, yes, it's okay for me to be okay, even though what just happened to me was not okay, or 
you know, this plan might not be okay. Like, I'm okay with it if I make a mistake, is basically what you're saying. Oh, all right, okay. Because a thinker is not going to want to make a mistake. A head person is not going to want to make a mistake. So basically, I'm asked, I just get your permission and ask you to give yourself permission to go ahead and make a mistake. Hmm, all right. And as scary as that could be, you know, together, we're going to go at this together. So we execute on the plan. And what happens is you first, you're adjusting your habit. And two, you are collecting evidence of that thing that you said. So originally you thought planning and planning and planning and planning and planning and planning was the best way to, to get to your goal. Right. Right. So uh, now we're just changing the evidence. Is We're giving you evidence that executing on the plan is the way to get to your goal. Right, because just thinking about it isn't getting you anywhere. Exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. So step by step, one step at a time. And usually if you execute on a plan, you get just a little bit closer. Now here's the next part. Then we track the progress. Remember you were back there and now you're two steps ahead. You're here. Awesome. And the next thing we celebrate. Uh, so how can we reward you? Because there's progress being made. Exactly. Progress over perfection. Uh, okay. And then they see the results that are actually yep. happening and they get encouraged. Exactly. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. I see how this works. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we celebrate. So that's conditioning. You give some positive reinforcement because I, I am a big fan of celebrating. And I feel like celebrating is what keeps you going. Mm-hmm. So tracking the progress, yes, that definitely encourages you. But then when you get know you have a reward on the other end, you're like, oh, yeah, now it's go-, especially when you set the reward as something you really want, because sometimes people set the bar low and I'm like, no, that's not big enough. Like set the reward big. So you really uh-huh. don't get it. <laughs> right. OK. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. And then once you know what you're after, then you go and you put it, those milestones, so you don't have to look at that long road ahead to the go. So if it was financial, your goal, let's say you said, oh, I want to save $10,000. And then I would set milestones. So every $1,000, you get to do something for yourself. You know, you get to have some fun or, you know, do something great. You break it into chunks. So it's not as daunting. Exactly. Because, you know, being able to save $10,000, once you get to like two, you're like, oh my God, that's all I've done. <laughs> I still have eight to go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so then you probably just quit. You're like, you know what? I'm just going to spend this 2000 and forget about it. That's right. Because it's easier. <laughs> Instead of yeah. mm-hmm. climbing the mountain, you got halfway there and you're like, all right, whatever. Exactly. But if your milestones was $1,000, so every $1,000 you have a reason to celebrate and you know that's coming next. So when you get to $2,400, you're going to be like, ooh, $600 more to go and I'm, I'm to my next goal. I get to celebrate again, you know, so that's much easier to push yourself. Huh, neat little tricks to, uh, to mm-hmm. help people out. Yeah, I got all those kind of little tricks because I I use it on myself and I use it. I have an adopted daughter and um, that was one of the ways I would get her to to do her schoolwork because she came to me and she didn't have a lot of background in school because of the family that she grew up in before me. They just didn't push school and she didn't have to do anything and they barely even took her to school. So um, when she got to me, we had to accelerate like we had to get caught up. Well, yeah. I had to put like a lot of milestones in place for her just so it wouldn't be scary and hard and, 
and then she had accountability because she knew okay mom's going to be mad if i don't do this but then she also had reward so it was like a combination of things that's a good idea mm-hmm. i like it yeah so that's okay. kind of the way the brain works and um sort of like financial therapy works that's a really just the beginning mm-hmm. but once you get that part going it starts to become second nature and it flows and then you start you don't need me as much anymore because you can put these things in place for yourself ah, okay now when i was watching a couple of your videos on youtube a few mm-hmm. things stuck out to me uh you had something that you called prosperity consciousness yeah yes so your prosperity consciousness is basically your way of thinking so you got your conscious brain and then you have your unconscious brain and the idea is that you create your idea of prosperity and what i find is that prosperity means different things to different people you know some people will say on my on my podcast i i ask that's the first question i ask you'll hear some people say comfort you'll hear somebody say freedom you hear somebody say confidence you know mm-hmm. it has a f- financial component to it but it has this existential component to it too just this idea of life and what it would feel like to to arrive and so that idea it, the work that you do, the things that you do, the everyday effort that you put in, that's your prosperity consciousness. And you'll start putting in the tools. Every day you get new tools, new systems, you know, new, new ways to work your prosperity consciousness to get you to your idea of prosperity. Okay. I like it. Yeah. So it's like increasing your, I call it increasing your prosperity Con- uh, consciousness because every time you add something more evidence remember that evidence i talk about yep. yeah every time you add something then it increases your prosperity consciousness and you're like ah ah aha you know okay, okay. yeah and from dealing with all your clients uh, is there one thing that they all have in common would you say when it comes to money well there there really are seven money mentalities i call them but of all the money mentalities, six of them have some negative and one of them has only positive. So the six that have some negative with them, the one thing that I would say they all have in common is a bit of anxiety. So, so one might have anxiety over spending, where another one might have anxiety over giving, and another one might have anxiety over saving. You know, so it just depends on what their personality is, mm-hmm. where the anxiety will be. But almost all of the one commonality would be anxiety. Okay. Okay. And uh, in in the video that I watched, uh, Mm -hmm. one sentence that you said really, really stuck out to me, and I just wanted to bring it up here. Uh, You said, it's not about how much you make, it's about how much you keep. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And that really stuck out to me. I don't know why it did, but it was like, you know what? That's, That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. I think people get into the idea that prosperity or wealth means earning a lot and it's just not true there's so many different stories about people who you know aren't just enough to survive but they they lived uh, below their means and they were dedicated to saving Mm -hmm. so that plan that same plan we talked about the ten thousand dollars you don't have to make millions to be able to save ten thousand you can just say i am dedicated to saving $100 of every paycheck, no matter freaking what. 
right? And it doesn't matter how much you make, you've just committed to that $100. And which means to you that you don't go out to eat, maybe, you know, or you don't go shopping that week, or you don't get to go wherever you might have wanted to go. Or if you do, you don't spend as much. Right. Okay. So it's like uh, short-term pain for long-term gain. Yep, exactly. Right. Prioritizing. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and this is all kind of the, the, the kind of things that you uh, teach in your classes or your counseling sessions or... Yeah, so I do online and face-to-face. So I have an online, that Prosperity Club is the online version. And then I do face-to-face in office. I live in Georgia. And so my office is in Sonoya, Georgia, where they shoot The Walking Dead. I was just going to ask you that. (laughs) Have you met the cast? No, I haven't. But a lot of my neighbors have. I, I, I don't know. I guess I'm in session too much. Oh. I don't get out enough. But a lot of my neighbors, you know, and other, because uh, we, we are um, right off of Main Street, because mm-hmm. Sonoya is really a small town, and it has a Main Street. And so our, our office is one block off of Main Street. And when I talk to all the other neighboring businesses, they're like, oh, yeah, Nick and Norm, and I don't know all the actors, but they talk about the actors that were there. And one of um, the, the the restaurants, they the actors eat there pretty often, but never when I'm there for some reason. Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should have a cameo. You, you have acting experience. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I know. I'm, and I'm actually SAG. I've been SAG. Um, I'm in the Screen Actors Guild, and I've been SAG for 15 years now. Oh, wow. Okay. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. It's, a, it's a, one of the only things that I keep up. Like I'm not a part of any other unions or anything like that. The Financial Therapy Association was the only other association that I joined three years ago um, just because I felt like I needed to be a part of that because I know that this is going to change people's lives. Like my purpose in life is to relieve pain. And I have seen finances bring rich people and poor people so much pain. It's just like, how can I help them relieve that pain? That is an awesome goal because we all have to be involved with money somehow. So yep. uh, I completely understand. Uh, so why don't you tell our listening audience all the different ways that you can be reached or where we can find you on the web or your podcast, website, anything like that. Okay, great. So my podcast is Prosperity Report love and money podcast and and it's everywhere that you can listen to podcasts um or you can just go to my website which is kene quarter k-i-n-e-c-o-r-d-e-r.com and then social media i have a little private facebook group that anybody can join you just have to answer three questions and that's at kenequarter.com slash facebook okay so kinacorder.com is basically your hub for everything. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. I try to try to make it central. And then, of course, you can go wherever you like to go because I know some people love – I'm on Instagram. Um, I'm on Facebook. I have the podcast. but So people can find me wherever they want to be. Mm-hmm. But if they go to kinacorder.com, then they can find out more, and then they can go to wherever they like to be most, and we can interact there. Oh, okay, and and they can get to your YouTube channel through the website. Um, yes, but oh. if they wanted to, now that's the only thing that's different is my YouTube channel. But if you search Kenne Quarter, it'll come up. But my YouTube channel is 
Presidential Life, 1L. And the reason is because the name of my company is Presidential Lifestyle. Ah, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. And that's what you want everybody to live. You want them to live the lifestyle of a president. Yes. Okay. I see what you did there. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. I like it. (laughs) Yes. Like royalty. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Uh, Now, one other thing that I found here looking on your LinkedIn is you've written at least one book. This one that they have listed is called The Art of Starting Over. Yeah. So that The Art of Starting Over is, that was my first book. I contributed to another book um, called Journey to the Stage. But The Art of Starting Over, it was my first book and I loved it. It's really great for people who, whether you're forced to start over or you're just choosing to start over, um, just taking the chance to see what is it that I really want to do? Because sometimes we just get into life and life just takes over. But this allows you to kind of take a step back and be more intentional with what you want to do next or what you want to do now. Right. Okay. So instead of living your life on autopilot, you're actually going to control it Mm -hmm. or at least steer it or direct it. Exactly. Yep. Okay. That, that sounds like a book everybody needs to read. (laughs) Exactly. It can be really helpful, especially if you do get a little anxious about starting over or change. Mm -hmm. This is, this is, it's a step-by-step. 30-day guide to creating more power, peace, and pleasure in your life. And so if you're a person that doesn't like change or adjustment, this can help you through each step so you don't get stuck like we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And can we find this on Amazon or wherever fine books are sold? mm -hmm, Exactly. You can find it on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com. Those are the easiest places to get it. I usually have it if I'm at an event, but since you won't see me anytime soon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's, uh, I've never been to Atlanta or Georgia or, or no, no. So I haven't haven't been anywhere. That's, that's my goal. I'd like to travel and see the world, but uh, Oh my gosh. Yes. Now, now we'll stay in touch and I will hold you accountable. For that, you are going somewhere in the next. You'll, I'll let you set the date, but you're going somewhere. I, I certainly hope so because uh, <laughs> the farthest I've been was uh, the brothers' road trip last year to uh, Cedar Point in Ohio. So, oh wow, we used to go to Cedar Point when I was a kid. Yeah, it's a lot of fun still. Mm-hmm. Although yeah. I'm getting a bit old for it, but. Uh... <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, well, you had, you um. You're like, it's like talking to a new friend, you know, talking to you. It's like, because people aren't as curious about each other as it used to be, you know, meeting somebody new. So it, it was great talking with you. And Yeah, this is fantastic. This is our, just for our listeners, this is our first conversation and it's like we're old friends. It's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. All right. Well, I just want to thank you for uh, coming on the Soul Forge podcast. And if you ever want to come back anytime soon, just let me know. Absolutely. I am so on that. All right. Thank you very much. Okay. Transfer of data is complete. That was a great conversation that I had with Kinney. She's fantastic. It was wonderful to make such a great connection with someone like Kinney. It almost felt like we'd known each other for years, like kindred spirits maybe. I don't even know how to describe it. Uh, It was just a comfort and ease. I I don't know really how... uh, How else I can say it other than the fact that I think she's awesome and I hope you all got as much out of the conversation as I did. I hope you uh, check out her YouTube uh, videos and her new podcast. 
uh, I would love to go down to Georgia and just have a coffee with her and pick her brain because uh, it, it was that kind of conversation. I, I hope we have her again onto uh, the Soul Forge podcast. Hopefully that comes up again soon. I'm also looking forward to reading her book and seeing what else she has to say. Getting your finances back on track is pretty important. If you're already financially stable and secure, that's great, but we can always use more advice, uh, different opinions, just a, a different way of looking at things. And I think uh, Kine has a lot of great things to say about this topic. Anyway, that's all for this week. Make sure you check her out. And if you haven't left a five-star review for the Soul Forge podcast, I would uh, appreciate it if you did that. That would be fantastic. Let's get the word out some more. Let's get the word out about Kanae's podcast and the Soul Forge podcast and even my other podcast, if you don't listen to it, the Rusted Robot podcast, which is your weekly dose of geek-style pop culture news. So once again, thanks for stopping by the Forge. We'll see you next week. Take care. And remember, there isn't a way things should be. There's just what happens and what we do. This has been another episode of the Soul Forge Podcast. Contact the show by emailing soulforgepodcast at gmail.com or by tweeting soulforgepod on Twitter. Visit us at soulforgepodcast.com and remember the best way to show your support is by leaving a five-star review in the iTunes store. And if you would, please check us out and like us on Facebook. The Soul Forge Podcast was written, produced, scored, edited, engineered, and directed by Sean Vanderloo. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at Darth Vaderloo. For more great content, you can listen to my other podcast, The Rusted Robot. Thanks for stopping by The Forge. We'll keep the fires lit until your next visit. I could do this all day. Usually, I don't do interview-style shows. It's more of a conversation. Is that good mm -hmm. with you? Yeah, love it. Okay. All right. And just, I was looking at your LinkedIn earlier today trying to get as much information as I could find <laughs> so just so I knew what kind of questions to ask you or what we could talk about or if you just want to talk about your stuff or you're a psychotherapist right yeah mm -hmm. okay uh, I don't know if you wanted to psychoanalyze me for the show to show off your skills because the soul forge is all about just whatever kind of a thing you know it's it's me learning about things it's me sharing uh, experiences with the audience so that they can learn different things okay okay this has been a valley of vanderloo podcast production all rights reserved this transmission ends now <laughs>